Blog Talk Radio. Wow, I forgot to punch that button. There we go. Here's the Welcome music, everybody. To on Monday, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here is your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin. Good to have you with us, everybody. We appreciate you tuning in and being a part of the broadcast. We are excited to have a full lineup today. Lots of new information, lots to talk about. We've got in the Hot Topic segment, Jessica Peterson with us. I refer to her as a social media guru. She's a Facebook expert. She has a website called CustomerWowProject.com. Great stuff on there. We're looking forward to her coming on during the Hot Topic segment. She's going to be talking about some of the, the do's and don'ts, the things, the pros and cons the risks and rewards about social media. Uh, I learned something in a conversation with Jessica, and I said, oh, we've got to get that on the radio. And that's what really brought us to this point. So I'm excited to the Hot Topic segment. Also, we're going to be doing a product launch announcement today. You can't just tease you with that. Very exciting. Some new stuff that's coming up. Fun to see what's going on with technology. Of course, we have our favorite person on from technology Tony Garitano. And then, of course, we'll have Paul Malo on in just a little bit. He has uh, always got his wisdom. And then Sam Garcia. We've got a full lineup of everything to get into. A special thank you to our sponsors, United Guarantee, which offers a full QM compliant options. Are you aware that there are several, uh, that United Guarantee provides several borrow paid options? They include post pay monthly premiums as well as split premiums. Now, both of them, one of them is, is no upfront charge to the borrower, and this product is fully excluded from the QM 3% points and then the, the points and fee cap. So that's real interesting. That's the postpay. Now, the split premium, the upfront portion of the premium is fully counted in the points in the fee calculation, and the monthly premium is excluded. So there's two interesting options out there. You can learn more by going to the uh, UGCorp.com website, UGCorp.com website take a look at qmi options the post pay monthly premium as well as the split premium great options for you we're thrilled to have them as our sponsor and again congratulations to them on over 50 years of service to the industry our other sponsor is velma velma.com and velma stands for virtual electronic marketing assistant as you hear me talk each week we now have them as our uh, sponsor and also as our partner in the in the broadcast they send out the electronic notices if you're not receiving it let us know send me your email i'll get it included uh we're sending those out to all over the place and we're excited to have them as a partner great service lots of neat things go back and listen to the the broadcast we had a couple weeks ago with brent emler of velma he did a great job explaining some aspects about uh, electronic marketing. Very interesting. Of course, we're following on with that again we're following a series of broadcasts we're doing a series of broadcasts on how to get the word out about your service, especially this is timely considering the fact that the NBA recently announced that our applications are at a 14-year low in our industry. That is shocking, which means how, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing, expecting different results. So we've got to find new ways to connect. Yes, the old is valid, but we have new ways, and we're going to be talking about that throughout this broadcast. Uh, let's see here. Real excited. To have lots going on. Let's get into Joe Farr and what he has for a market update. Joe, hey, good. what what was this G last week's um, yeah, GDP numbers? My gosh, we'll talk oh, about oh. that. But let's start off by talking about what's happening today. I've got your website up here, and it looks yeah. like we had a little bit of a blip, but it's back to kind of close to neutral. Yeah, we're back to close to where we ended the day on Friday. Uh, uh, we had a better than expected ISM services number, and and MBS prices dropped on the news. They'd been up about five thirty seconds, and so that that drop down to uh, uh, unchanged was enough to see a couple uh, unfavorable price changes in the market so far this morning. But uh, you know, before the drop, we were at the best MBS prices, at least looking at the Fannie Mae, yeah. thirty or four percent best level in six months. You know, and and people keep you keep hearing in the press about rising, you know, higher mortgage rates. Well, yeah, we're higher than we were a year ago, but we're, um, you know, 
we're at some of the best levels in six months. So it's uh, you know it's 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 kind of a, it's a good positive thing. And, yeah. And Dave, that that was you know we've reached the best levels. When when you look at what all happened last week, you got to ask yourself why on earth didn't MBS prices fall and mortgage rates rise? Exactly. Yeah. You know you look at you look at things like. Uh, uh, you know the continued improvement in prices. Uh, uh, just over April, we're up 140 basis points in, in price, and for the month, uh, for the week, last week alone, we're up 50 basis points. In spite of much better than expected non-farm payrolls, unemployment rate dropping. Of course, it dropped for the, a bad reason, but uh, it's still uh, a reduced unemployment rate. A good pending home sales number, a good ISM number. You know, the Dow reached an all-time record high during the week. Uh, most companies reporting good profits. I mean, all this, and and then nothing no. came from the Fed. You know, we're still going to see the, the ten billion dollar month taper. So, all of this came in an, in, in a week when uh, MBS prices improved. Now, the 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 one weakness in the economy came from, as you mentioned, the GDP report came in at just one tenth growth. But you know, that's kind of old news. And it's uh, it's weather-related news, and I really do look for it. You know, the preliminary number, which we've seen, does not yet include a lot of March data. And so you're looking at January and February data, uh, which was expectedly weaker than the improving weather-related March data. So I really look for that GDP number to, to get revised better. But uh, that was the only real sign of weakness. And so the question is, why didn't MBS prices fall? Why didn't rates yeah. rise with all that positive economic data? And, and there's been a lot of talk about it uh, here in the last day or two. A lot of people are asking that question. And, and it really stems from a, a, a several things. One is inflation's low. You know, uh, mm-hmm. the latest measure, the the Core PCE rose at a 1.2% annual rate. C, uh, core CPI, core PPI are all in the you know uh, 1.5% level. So with low rates, yields can be low. All right. And number two, the European Central Bank is considering another uh, a quantitative easing program, much yeah. similar to the one we're winding out of right now. Okay, and that's caused European bond yields to fall. Uh, and that's being affected uh, around the world, and then of course the flight to safety that that's going on a little bit. Now it's not a it, it's not a big one, and it's surprising that it has affected bonds positively, but has not affected stocks negatively. Usually, a flight to safety has an opposite effect: bonds uh, improve, stock market falls. Uh, We've seen the improvement side of it because we got a lot of uh, foreign money coming in. We have high demand for. U.S. government guaranteed insured treasuries and MBS. So uh, those three things, you know, uh, um, the U- the conflict in Ukraine is uh, a volatile situation. We've seen some improvement in MBS prices because of that. Uh, we could see further improvement, or we'd see a complete reversal at any moment. So. As you're looking at uh, the week ahead, you've got to keep an eye on what's going on in the Ukraine. Uh, with the, the week ahead in mind, there are uh, very little. There's very little in the form of uh, significant economic announcements coming out. There'll be several Fed speakers coming out, including Janet Yellen, I believe, tomorrow. Uh, and then we have Treasury auctions. Uh, the the um, 10-year on Wednesday and the 30-year on Thursday should get uh, pretty good attention. But from an economic perspective, it's really just jobless claims. Uh, the jobs report on Friday. Uh, none of none of the economic announcements, though, uh, warrant anywhere near the attention that several things did last week. So, hopefully, we'll mm-hmm. see a little quieter week. Yeah, hope, ho- hopefully we will. It was it was really the GDP number really caught people by surprise. It was, I mean, the the previous reporting period was two point nine, I think is what it was, and then it, it was anticipated to come in at one point one. And then it really, you know, just hit the wall with, uh, you know, it just but shocked again, I, everybody. With I, I don't think that's considered as weak as a lot of, as it would be, you know, if that were the final reading, if there weren't any, oh. you know, weather circumstances. I think that it's going to get revised higher, certainly not to the 2.9 that uh, we saw in the fourth quarter. 
but or two point six. But closer but to it's expectation. It's going to get revised higher. Yeah, I believe it yeah. will. And so again, that's, that's you know, the March data has not even been completely factored into that number, and so that's why they do you know three different versions of the same measurement. And uh, I think that second the the version that's announced later this month is going to be uh, a little better indication. Fascinating information. I was listening to a podcast over the weekend, and uh, one, they had Andrew, and his last name is H-U-S-Z-A-R. He was the guy that was responsible for the bond buying program at uh, the feds. He was came, he'd been a bond trader, came back in, had been working with the feds for eight years, and he talked about the article he wrote in November. Now, I had missed that article in the Wall Street Journal. and talks. It says, The Confessions of a Quantitative Easer. So for, the, for Joe, it would be great. I'd love to get you to read that. So Google uh, Andrew, last name H-U-S-Z-A-R, and the article is entitled Confessions of a Quantitative Easer. He starts out with this, America, I'm so sorry. That gives you an idea of what he has to think about quantitative easing. Fascinating story. Great read. I'm only sorry that I just discovered it because I'd like to put it out to our listeners last week. But it's, it's real interesting, the whole topic of quantitative easing. And uh, so the argument, and it, it really explains why we're going to probably see more quantitative, about, or the tapering, and not and less quantitative easing. Very, very interesting stuff. A lot to talk about. Always fun to have you on, Joe, especially with the markets as the stomachs turn, as the markets turn. <laughs> Folks, if, if you do not have this app, it's just a must-have. Uh, I, I just can't stress it enough. You absolutely need to get this app or this uh, this service. And it's not an app. you got to go online, but you can also get it on your iPhone. You can get it on I your do. phone, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You get it on your phone just to tap, you know. Just to tap and it's there. And uh, I'm, I'm telling you guys, I have it up and running all the time. Joe, thanks so much for bringing it to us. We are right after the ad break. We've got Paul Mollo coming on to give us an update. I'm on his website looking at some of the information and stories he's posting. Can't wait to get that up. Got a long lineup. Got a lot to get on here with. So let's get to the ad break, then off to Paul. Be right back after this quick, quick brief break. Looking for that competitive edge? MBS QuoteLend delivers live market coverage for originators. Get up-to-the-minute mortgage market news and analysis as events occur. Get MBS prices as trades happen. Straight to your computer, email, cell phone, or PDA. Know in advance when your investors will repriced. Make better lock float decisions and increase your income. Be the expert your clients expect and know what's moving interest rates right now, tomorrow, and beyond. MBS QuoteLine, delivering live market coverage for originators. Learn more about MBS QuoteLine today at MBS mbsquoteline.com mbsquoteline.com 646-716-4972 The Lickin' on Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Lickin. Good to have you with us, everybody. I've got the website. One of my favorite websites I have up all the time is www.imfnews.com and I'm looking through all the headlines and we have the guy that's behind this Website, Of course, this is part of Inside Mortgage Finance. We're thrilled to have Paul Mollo with us. Paul, looking over the headlines, can't wait to get to the short takes, especially another troubling sign for LMA. That captured my attention. But let's run through the headlines you have up there. Good to have you here with us, Paul. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Wait a second. One of your favorite websites, isn't it the favorite website, Dave? <laughs> of course, of course. I'm just kidding. You're my favorite. Right, let's my let's favorite. get to this. <laughs> so I'm goofing around on a Monday. Yeah, uh, well, okay. I like MBS quote line, so as well. So anyway, yeah, yeah I know, I know. Right, Joe does a good job. I, I actually I enjoy reading, uh, hearing his commentary. Sometimes, like Joe gives me some good story ideas. Um, yeah. Anyway, what's going on? Well, uh, as we all know, the world is waiting to see what uh, Ben Lasky in New York State do with the Wells Fargo Aquin deal. Yep. Uh, but we also have a story, our lead story today, by uh, Brandon Avi of our staff about uh, quoting the CSBS, which stands for Conference <laughs> of State Bank Supervisors. You know, uh, they're basically saying, yeah, CSBS, it's it's not so easy to say, like CBGBs. Um, but basically, the states are, you know, eyeing uh, more regulation for servicers, in particular non-bank servicers. Uh, you know, there's a huge amount of concern out there about, you know, how many hoops do we have to jump through to get a servicing deal? You know, we have the FIFA, FHFA, 
you know, reviewing all deals of 5,000 units or more. Jeannie Mae's taken an interest on servicing transfers. Sandy and Freddie, of course, have always had to approve uh, transfers in their servicing. But, you know, you know, people are starting to take pause about all this regulation, uh, and it's got some people worried. Uh, not so much the smaller flow and bulk deals, but, you know, these legacy deals, and we still probably have a half a billion of those that could happen this year. So there's some, there's some concerns here. Uh, it'll be an interesting uh, topic to watch over the next half year. Uh, we also took another look at the uh, production data that Inside Mortgage uh, Finance Crunch for the uh, first quarter, which we published, I think, a week ago, and that was huge news. Uh, it huge. was the weakest quarter in 14 years. Um, yeah, I mean, every, everyone's hoping and praying that the first quarter was the weakest uh, of the year and that things are starting to bounce back. But as you, I think you mentioned earlier that the MBA uh, application number last week wasn't so hot. But, you know, I'm, handing, no. I'm hearing anecdotally from a lot of lenders that applications are up. But the interesting thing, most of the people I'm talking to are non-banks. So there's mm-hmm. definitely a shift away from banks to non-banks. Uh, and that's going to be something to watch. I mean, you know, Wells isn't about to give up the mortgage business, but it doesn't seem no. like too worried about seeding some market share. B of A is problematic in its own right, and who knows what JPM is going to do, but uh, interesting. Uh, also, uh, our third story is about, uh, in line with uh, servicing transfers, uh, FHFA finally approved uh, uh, a Pingora MSR purchase that had been on hold. Yeah, Pingora is uh, an investment fund uh, run by Michael Lau, who's a well-known deal maker and has been in the industry for a long time. Uh, we don't know the size of that deal. I'm told it's 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 probably just over the 5,000 unit threshold. But the deal got approved, and that's a positive. I was talking about some of the negatives and the worries about the servicing market. Uh, the fact that that deal got approved is a good sign for non-bank buyers uh, of servicing. Uh, we also have uh, some additional coverage of the Johnson-Crapo bill. Last week we did a lot of reporting on all the comment letters that Fannie, Freddie, and uh, FHFA filed on Johnson-Crapo. This one focused on concerns about if there's a five-year phase-down phase, phase down period for the GSEs, uh, quoting uh, Don Layden and Freddie worrying about, you know, his staff, you know, walking out the door really quickly and, and leaving Freddie, yeah. uh, you know, in a bad position. I'm sure that's also the case with uh, Fannie as well. We Same. have a story about yep. Bayview pulling uh, a re-performing sub-prime MBS. Again, Brandon Ivey uh, filed that story, and, and uh, that's interesting. You know, the subprime market, uh, those prices are coming back. This is a re-performing mm-hmm. deal. Uh, there's concerns about how the valuations were done. Uh, that's something to watch. Uh, finally, getting to short takes, uh, Ellie May. Uh, you know, I listened to the earnings call last week, late last week, it's you know people are still scratching their heads over that thing. Uh, you know they, they didn't. Uh, no one is really convinced that what happened there with their platform shutdown. Uh, you know the explanation there. It's just got people worried. I mean, at first yeah. they claimed it was an attack yes. on their system by hackers. Then it wasn't. Then they said they had so much business that their system got overwhelmed. But that gets back to what we talked about earlier. First quarter was the weakest quarter of the year. For everyone, how could your your demand for service be so huge? Uh, and they said, well, you know, we had a lot of new clients, a lot of new usage. Well, that's interesting because your revenue number didn't go up a whole lot. So if people are using your system; it's not flowing down to your bottom line. Uh, and today's update it quotes a one technology source who points out that their accounts receivable uh, line item has gone up, and that worries him because these are account receivable from non-bank lenders who aren't making the kind of money they were making a year ago, so he's a little worried about, you know, how much LMA can collect on those accounts receivable. But And, again, that's something we're going to continue to watch. A real quick note about uh, Mel Watt making his first speech next week. What's he going to talk right. about? Uh, he'll probably slow the uh, shrinkage of uh, Fannie and Freddie. That's the speculation. Uh, so that's all the neat stuff uh, for this week. Uh, it's all on www.amfnews.com. Brought to you by an outstanding organization, and Paul's in the middle of it. We just appreciate you taking time out of your busy week to be here, folks. Check it out, www.imfnewsplural.com. And, Paul, thank you so much. Have a great week, Paul. Appreciate you. See you you back here next week, all right? Take care, Dave. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.
Let's get into Alice Alvey. We always enjoy when we have Alice on the phone, and she is traveling. She's going to be in Cincinnati. In fact, you are in Cincinnati, are you not, Alice? And you're getting, yep. you're uh, going to be setting up your booth, correct? Yeah, we're headed out to the Ohio Mortgage Bankers Conference. That is uh, the next couple of days. So, uh, good times in Ohio, down in Cincinnati. Like I said, I'm headed Woo-hoo. south. For warmer weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what are the temperatures there? Huh? Oh, we're we're good. We're hanging in the 50s, and, you know, there's buds on the trees down here, so I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, spring is beginning to sprung. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. Well, what do you got for us today, Alice? There's some things that you're, it, it just seems like there's a never-ending stream. Like Joe Farr's always got the information about what's going on in the markets. What do you have on regulation? Well, our the, one of the biggest things is the Reg X and Reg Z proposal from the CFPB to potentially give us an opportunity opportunity to have a cure within the points and fees test. So one of the biggest beefs about the current qualified mortgage rule is if you make a mistake, you're done. Right? There's just there's no way to yeah. fix something even if you feel you had an honest one-time mistake. So this is a huge proposed rule that everyone needs to comment on. As a matter of fact, in our compliance working group that we hold, uh, we talked about really getting out in front of it with our own comments uh, because, you know, I love the MBA, but they have a lot of people's opinions they try and, and collect, and a lot of times their feedback doesn't come out until close to the 11th hour, uh, and we really do think every mortgage banker, broker association, there should be responding to this. So the idea is, uh, keep in mind there's two parts. Uh, some people have been getting confused about when does the comment period expire. So the part related to identifying a cure for the points and fees test, that is only a 30-day comment period. Um, I have to double-check the date. We may have until like the 1st of June with the actual date posting in the Federal Register, but it looks like it might be around May 30th. The other part to consider feedback about a uh, DTI um, cure, which no one knows how, or the small creditor um, exception, that is the one that has the 60-day comment period. So please, you got to get on this right away to be able to comment about the points and fees test. So what they're proposing, they would like some feedback on how would you define that it was a one-time mistake, right? If I do something wrong once, uh, it's an error. If I do something wrong twice, is it a mistake? If I do something wrong three times, is that a pattern in practice and I'm stuck, right? <laughs> Tell me how many times, yep. right? I, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to give us any guidance on this. So the idea is, you know, how do I defend that this is a one-off circumstance and I would be able to refund the borrower the overage above the three points and still keep my QM status? What are the mm. circumstances that, that would allow that? Yeah. And you would have 120 days to pay that. No fine or penalty. Uh, they're not, you know, it's not like there would be anything attached onto that. If you found you made a $200 mistake, cut the borrower check within 120 days for $200. Probably have to redo your HUD-1. Procedurally, we'll work all that out. Um, but, you know, that would be the extent of it. So define that I had a good faith, you know, mistake. For starters, you all have to have written policies and procedures and validate you're following them. We know that will be a given. And then from there, how do you define the mistake? So, Dave, here's my question. In an issue like Ellie May, right, what if I did it right, right. but then I had a system problem in the day? Who's mm. liable then for that cure, yeah. right? You do get a cure. So it will have, a, I think, a very big impact even into folks' contracts. So uh, get into reading that rule, identify uh, some of the scenarios that you would like to make sure the CFPB addresses. Then think of a way to come up with a cost to cure for a DTI. We're still working on that one. <laughs> if I got the income wrong, wow. I got it. I calculated it wrong. But maybe I calculated a particular debt incorrectly or differently. And so, um, the, again, that is a, a longer window, uh, not necessarily their immediate proposal. Uh, so that's a big one. Uh, the other one is the AMC regulations. Uh, the, uh, regulating AMCs, that proposal is open for comment until June 9th. Now, what you need to think about here, somebody brought this up recently, is the states are going to have to now manage approving all the AMCs. They're all going to have to be registered. This is going to cost money. None of our states do anything for free, so guess who's getting a fee, right? There's probably going to be a fee for every appraiser to go through this process. 
So what's going to happen in small markets? Um, you know, who's going to be willing to cover that fee for the one or two appraisers in those areas? Uh, we 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 are hearing some rumblings about how this that fee aspect of this rule will be impacting the industry. So heads up, read that one, identify uh, whether or not you think there's a concern in your industry and, or in your markets. And then last but not least, Dave, an interesting news piece from our uh, group, our compliance group, saying that the American Bankers Association. Uh, Oh, I just misplaced my note here. Got to grab it here. The oh, American no. Bankers Association <laughs> is really against the CFPB's proactive approach on the e-mortgage uh, process. So really? Seen, yeah, so if you've seen that uh, CFPB's been saying, you know, we're starting this effort to uh, take a look at um, uh, encouraging and giving whatever resources are needed to be able to go through an electronic closing, and the ADA is saying, wait a minute, why is a federal agency pushing an industry process, right? And community right. counties aren't ready. So we're going to be watching, see what the American Bankers Association comes out with because uh, surprisingly they, they want the CFPB to back off and let the industry make that move at its own pace. So I'm interested in Tony's take on that when he comes on. Um, so that's my two cents for today, Dave. And Lots of good information. Responding. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and we've got Mother's Day coming up this weekend, so I know you're a mom and uh, – you got some exciting uh, weekend ahead for you. Hopefully, I think it'll be happy, you know, happy Mother's Day in advance to everybody. Hope, yeah. hope you have a good one. So safe travels to you. I know you have to drop it part way through the hot topic segment. So uh, look forward. Just want to say thank you, Alice, for your participation in the broadcast for all the information you provide Glad us. It's good to have you here. Well, folks, uh, we're going to be right back after this brief break with a product, a new a product announcement. It's a first that we've done that on the broadcast. Very excited about it, and it has a link to Lickin' on Lending, the radio program. Another way you can listen to it, so stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Looking for a full-service mortgage training and consulting company to fit exactly what you need? MortgageU is your ultimate education and information resource used by lenders to execute high-impact, high-quality training throughout the organization. MortgageU instructors are mortgage professionals, providing classroom and web-based delivery, and has the most sought-after training manuals in the country. MortgageU has a proven track record, performing customized training programs for hundreds and even thousands of employees, both live and online, on everything from applications through loan delivery and insuring. Call MortgageU today at 800-278-0200 or visit us online at mortgage-u.com. Welcome back to Lickin' on Lending. Our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here's David Lickin. Good to have you with us, everybody. So much to cover. By the way, if I did not give this Indicom. Uh, MortgageU.com, also known as Indicom Global Services, MortgageU. So make sure you check it out. Google it. It's a great amount of information there. Uh, we are thrilled and honored to have on the phone with us today Michael Keller, who is about ready to announce a new product. In fact, it's releasing a week from today. And uh, we have Michael on the line, so I'm going to let him get in and explain what it is. But, uh, well, I, I want so much. I'm really excited about this. This is something that's, I think is going to be very innovative. So, Michael, good to have you on the broadcast. Thank you, David. Thank you. The product itself is called Loan Squatch, so it will be the first native app out there on the market for loan officers to start engaging their ecosystem. So there will be different portals in there they'll be for the borrower so it's a great way to engage the borrower with real-time information uh, through transparency and then there's a realtor portal that'll be able to lock in or log in and they'll be able to sync with the borrower and the loan officer it'll recognize everybody in that transaction and the realtor will really just be able to not just see what's going on with the process but it's a communication tool and then finally the loan officer will be able to log in and it really will become an app store for the mortgage industry where not only can you track your own deals that you're using through Loan Squatch, you're also able to get industry news, you're able to get your finger on the pulse, and I think a big part of it, and we're, we're very glad, is your, your radio program uh, will be on it, access to it, and I believe even more details or more enhancements as far as a mobile minute will be on there. And then we have progress in yep. lending is another 
big partner we chose, and we do expect that list to to grow bigger. But you'll always be on the top, David. Oh, thank you so much. It's a real honor to be there, and uh, this is something that's taken a long time coming about, but let's get into what's the inspiration between Lone Squatch, and and also, interesting name. How did you come up with the name Lone Squatch? Several people are going to want to know that. The genesis of the app was to lift the cloud of mystery of what is going on with the loan, and it evolved into letting the realtor into the process, not just the borrower, and making it more of an ecosystem because of the development team that we used to develop the app. They came from the school system and healthcare industry where that engagement takes place. The app itself came about because we do have another product that the implementation fee is a little bit higher for a loan officer that just wants to sign up right away because their borrower Uh, is mobile-friendly. What this is able to do is you download Loan Squatch, and Loan Squatch came from finding, for some people, finding a loan officer that is able to communicate with you every aspect of the loan and keep you up to date is sort of like finding Sasquatch. So we sort of (laughs) took that fun little uh, play, and we put it together. The logos will be fun, and the marketing that comes out after this, I think, will embrace that a loan process can be uh, as close to fun as possible if you really lift the cloud of mystery that has come about with all this regulation. Well, it's a great app. It's a great service, and I'm thrilled to have it. How can people learn more about it? What's the website they can go to to uh, download this app as soon as it – now, this is you're releasing this. Uh, we're doing a pre-release announcement of it today. Uh, how can people learn uh, go to it, learn more, and then get positioned to download it as you go live? You can go to loansquatch.com, loan, S-Q-U-A-T-C-H.com. You can look up Loan Squatch in the uh, app store on your iPhone or on your Droid. And you can actually go into it and sample it and sample some of the options that we have for loan officers and realtors up until that release next Monday. Well, that's exciting. Can't wait. It's a, it's a great app, folks. I've been on it, been playing around in it, and I'm, we're thrilled and honored to have the radio program featured on there. Thank you so much, Michael. We'll have you back and kind of keep us posted on your progress. I'd like to have you back on a regular basis to kind of give us how it's going. I think it's a great, innovative app, and I'm just really honored that you uh, would feature us on it, and we're blessed to have you on the broadcast talking about it today. Thank you so much, Michael. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. You bet. Folks, go check it out. Loan Squatch, S-Q-U-A-T-C-H.com. Check it out. It's a great app, and I'm really pleased to be a part of it. Tony Garitano, it's always fun. You're going to be featured in that application as well. You're right there alongside of us, and and it's an, always fun to be in association with you, no matter where that may be. Now it's even broader than just uh, you on the radio broadcast and a great friendship. So uh, have you a chance to uh, look at it, at play with it much yet, Tony? Um, I have not. I, I did have some um, early conversations with Michael, and, you know, he's a wonderful guy, and I think the application is very um, forward-thinking. Um, so we were, you know, just like you, Dave, we were very happy to be invited to participate, and I think it'll be a great thing for the mortgage industry. I think anything, anytime you can get um, information in a mobile environment and combine that with your everyday work, I think it's going to be a real big innovation. So um, we're excited yeah, I, about I, it. I, I hope it goes well. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And Michael is a great guy. I mean, I really enjoy my conversations with him. He is so uh, engaging and um I just tell you, I've got I've got expectations for it. Everything's going mobile, so let's see what's going on with that. Let's get into some of the questions I got for you today. What is the significance of the CLPB announcement about electronic closings? Golly, what's happening there? Well, I think it was interesting, Dave, because uh, it was a very um, a lot of people told me that they were shocked by the fact that yeah. so many agencies participated on the call. Um, it wasn't just the CFPB on that particular presentation. It was the GSEs, it was the FHFA, even the National Association of Realtors was there, and PRIA um, and GINI. So uh, there seemed to be broad consensus among all of the different agencies 
uh, whether they be investors or, or trade associations, um, that this is something that the industry should be pursuing. Um, as Alice mentioned, the ABA and the MBA were not present. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see mm-hmm. how that works out. Um, but aside from the two uh, banking or lending associations, it seems like all of the other trade associations, all of the investors, and all of the regulators were on board with this announcement. So that's really encouraging, I think. Yeah, it is encouraging. But it's just, you know, the ABAs, it's just different how different people are taking this. We, it's it's a bit of hurting cats getting everyone moving over to this, but it's... it's uh, uh, we'll see how that goes. Where do you see electronic closing adoption going as a result of what the CFPB is doing? Do you do you really see this as a tipping point? Um, I see it more as a culmination of what the CFPB has been doing since it was created. Um, I think that the movement is towards more electronic processes, um, and I think the more electronic the industry can be, whether that includes a full electronic closing or not, um, the more transparent the industry will become and the more responsive investors will be to getting back into the market, which I think is ultimately um, an end goal of everybody involved, including the CFPB. I mean, I'm not sure that, I mean, obviously their direct purview is to benefit the consumer, but they're a government agency, and I don't think the government wants to run the mortgage industry forever. No, so, hopefully not. Um, hopefully it would not. be nice if some investors came back into the industry, <laughs> aside from the GSEs and FHA. And, you know, how are you going to do that? Well, you're going to make it easier for those investors to get 100% visibility into everything that they're buying. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff, and then it's also then the, the whole debacle, as, as Paul reported about, you know, what's going on with more scrutiny on LMA. What does this do for anything electronic, anything e within our industry? Uh, we we'll have to pick up that topic next week. We got so much to cover here yet on the radio uh, to program today. So let's pick up on that one. I'd love your thoughts on that, Tony. Again, we're going to make a whole topic a, a segment just around you and around uh, technology. And that's going to be coming up. we got to nail down that date. It's coming up very soon, folks. But appreciate you being a part of the broadcast. Check out his website, Tony's website, progressandlending.com. Also, if you have not gotten a hold of, this is an online uh, publication. A new one is Today's Lending Insights. Great. I love the way Tony does it. I get to write for it every week, I mean every month, and I'm honored and privileged to do so. Tony, good to have you with us. Have yourself a great rest of the week. Talk to you soon. You too, Dave. Thank you. You bet. Always fun. We've got on the phone again with us is Sam Garcia of uh, of Mortgage Daily. I've got his website up here again. Paul was giving me a bad time, which is my favorite website. This is one my again one of my favorite websites out there. One of there's so many great there's so many websites with so much information out there, and I was just really diving into to the Mortgage Daily website yesterday over the Friday actually digging into some information. I was blown away with what you have here, Sam. So good to have you on the broadcast. Give us a, a rundown on some uh, things that are uh, you're focusing on with Mortgage Daily. Great. Thanks for having me on, Dave, and I uh, appreciate that uh, statement about the data we've gotten. And I wanted to mention real quick that we're going to offer your audience today a special deal where if they subscribe for one year, we'll give them another year free. So Wow. All you, all a two-for-one. A two-for-one, and, and if that's not what you want, if you prefer to have a second subscription instead, we'll do that instead. So just go ahead, subscribe for one year, and uh, you can either call us at 214-521-1300, or you can send an email to subscriptionhelp at mortgagedaily.com. Excellent. But, uh, There's some great information. Let's get into what you got up there. That's a great service. Thank you. I appreciate you offering that to our listeners. So what you got for us? You know, one of the uh, interesting stories we covered last week was Loan Depot uh, taking a launch uh, in wholesale lending. It's opened up a wholesale lending division, and, uh, you know, it's coming, of course, at a time when we've seen a lot of wholesalers exit the market recently. So uh, Mm -hmm. that should be interesting, and uh, they've got some pretty aggressive plans before they even announced this uh, 
this particular deal, they uh, said that they had planned for a substantial increase in originations this year uh, over last year. And, you know, this is at a time when uh, there's some pretty big drops in uh, originations over this last year, especially this last quarter. So, uh, obviously, this is going to be one of the ways that they're going to achieve that lofty goal. Interesting. So uh, I'm looking I'm looking at the website. You got a lot of great re- stories on here that you are talking about. Again, I think the values in the stories, but also in the data. So let's. What's some of the other things that you think our listeners need to to really be uh, zeroing in on and some trends here? You know, it's always interesting uh, when we read about somebody who was in the wholesale business getting in trouble. Um, and we, we cover a lot of wholesale production information. And we had one uh, story that we covered, uh, an account executive who used to work at Mortgage IT. Um, she was basically uh, uh, convicted of, uh, of helping the loan officers at the broker's office uh, with, with c- presenting fraudulent applications to get loan approvals. So that was wow. one we covered last week. But uh, uh, eight other people have been charged in that case. And then uh, probably one of the more interesting uh, stories last week was the employment report. And our focus tends to be not necessarily on U.S. employment, which obviously is huge because it has such a big impact on mortgage rates, but we actually focus on the mortgage industry itself. And what we find from uh, this last report from the Bureau of Labor Statistics is that mortgage industry jobs at non-banks, you know, that that would be mortgage jobs Mm -hmm. at uh, other, other than financial institutions, were down by 4,700 in March, between March and February. So we've, we're still seeing a decline there, and uh, it doesn't look like that decline is going to go away anytime soon. Um, the, total, uh, the total, you know, for the whole country wound up being 288,000 jobs added. So, you know, mortgages are obviously a small part, but it'd be nice to start seeing some growth in that sector again. It would. It would. With a few moments, one one other story. Let's cover one other thing. There's so much on your website. I'm looking over here. Uh, you know, let's. I'm, I'm looking at the mortgage returns. That's great news. Uh, but you say it might fall again. So let, get insights into the mortgage returns improve, but might fall again. That that was interesting. Thoughts on that? Um, I'm I'm the, I'm not following which one you're talking about there. But I, I think if we just got this little bit of time, real quick, we saw yeah. an upsurge an uptick in uh, activity as far as agency issuance in April. So, you know, oh, yes. it had fallen to, you know, the lowest level uh, since at least 2005 in March. So uh, when we picked up this data from this uh, April information, it was a, a, a nice little uh, morsel of information, and Ginny May was the one that really led the increase in April. Excellent. Well, we appreciate you being a part of it. I like it when you're live. I loved it when you were pre-recorded stuff, but it's so much better to have you on live because then I can just hit you with questions. <laughs> we, we focus in on what's really the 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 news story and the flavor of the of the moment, and uh, you've got so much here. Folks, there's a lot of reasons to – you've got to track what's going on. You can't have just one source. You really need to, but the value is in addition to the daily stories that Sam puts up here is really the research data that's there. It is worth every dollar, every penny you pay for this, probably one of the most affordable, deepest, richest services in that regard. Sam, thanks so much for taking time to be with us. Have a great rest of the week, and look forward to have you back next week. Thank you, David. Always a pleasure. Check it out, MortgageDaily.com. Let's, uh, I want to, we got to take a quick ad break, and then we got to get Jessica on for 15 minutes here talking about all the things that are really the risks and rewards. So we'll be right back after this brief break. Mortgage Banking Solutions is the preeminent management consulting firm to the residential mortgage lending industry. No other firm in the U.S. offers the menu of services or the level of expertise to the industry. If you're looking for help converting from best efforts to hedging or need help with bookkeeping to know your profit per loan, if you are interested in making the transition from broker to banker, or if you just need a roadmap for success, Mortgage Banking Solutions' primary focus is to enable executives to take their business to the next level and guide them down a path towards success and profitability. With over 300 
combined years of experience in all facets of mortgage lending, the Mortgage Banking Solutions team of professionals has the expertise and know-how to help you accomplish your goals. New Warehouse Lines of Credit, broker-to-banker transitions, transitioning to hedging, financial and accounting services, or meeting your capitalization needs. If you need help with these or any other aspects of your business, please contact a Mortgage Banking Solutions sales team to see how we can help you at 512-977-9900. It's 512-977-9900. Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. Hello, everybody. Good to have you back. We're honored and blessed to have Jessica Peterson, who I think is probably uh, just a bundle of energy, one of the most positive people I've ever met out there. And she is the person I turn to when it comes to some of the, the way to use a Facebook effectively. Jessica, good to have you on the broadcast. Uh, I want to make sure you're on and we got you live with our all the mics and technology working here. Are you there? I am here, and thank you so much for having me. What a great show today. I've learned so much. What an honor. Thank you. Oh, it's a real honor. Uh, the reason we have Jessica on is uh, Jess, I, was, I was calling Jessica, and I said, i got a company that's using social media. I'm not sure they're using it most effectively. Now, tell me what it is you do again. So she says, well, I help people like banks and financial institutions really manage the risk of social media. And I said, well, okay, put some meat on that bone. And she says, well, give me a name of a company. So I threw out a name of one of our clients, happened to be a financial institution. And she says, great, I'll look on there right now. And she goes, wow, what are the values of this company? I said, well, they're very conservative, very conservative. And so he says, well, they're, it's actually a quite attractive group. And I go, what are you looking at? She says, well, I just went on Facebook and just typed, and I named the name of the company and pictures of employees of this. And she says, uh, what do you think the president would feel about seeing bikini-clad gals standing next to a keg of beer? And I go, I think he and, – and, and, and that came up in their company search. And she says, Dave, this is a very, very common. I said, OMG, my gosh, we have got to get you on the broadcast. So that's what landed her back on with the broadcast. She's one of my favorite people to talk to. She's so up all the time. So, Jessica, good to have you here. So we started out with that story. Just want to give you some comment on that, if you could just add two cents to that. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, and, and you know what? You're not the only one who is shocked. A lot of companies, corporations I go into – we do an analysis, and they're saying, oh, my goodness, what is going on? What is happening? This is our reputation. Um, so our company is hired to go in and consult and you know, be aware of what is happening and taking place out there. But my background, a little bit really quick and briefly, is the last 20 years I've been anywhere from a teller all the way up to management, marketing, originating for credit unions, banks, brokerages. And, you know, I have a concern for safety. Um, I remember, right. you know, this is a long time. I remember a long time ago, you know, two people had to leave together at night, you know, because it's great to know that the banks care for their staff. And a lot of banks mm -hmm. and, and lenders are not aware of what is taking place, what is out there, and it may be a great time to educate their staff on social media safety, or I work in compliance and human resources companies on, you know, maybe having a little bit more policy set in place. If you're going to be posting photos like that, don't link it to our bank. Yeah, and don't, and it, it, that's one of the things that's really important. Alice is still on the line, and before she has to drop, I, Alice, I want to have you get in a couple quick questions for uh, Jessica, if you would, and then I know you've got to cut and run really quickly here. Oh, I'm okay at this point. So, Jessica, welcome to the show. I'm I'm very interested in this because of the the liability for the bank. So I've seen some companies have a social media agreement signed, and some of them are very short that you you can't post anything unless you clear it through our compliance department. Uh, so help us a little bit with you know what what you're seeing. Are, uh, is there a balancing act here? Should we let loan originators uh, just sign an agreement and post on their own? How should this work as a company? You know, every company I find is going to be different on their rules and policies, and we definitely come in and work with them on that. Um, but first of all, I think that a lot of companies need to realize how important social media is. The statistics, which I'll get into a little bit later, definitely shows how important it is. And recently a real estate office came to me for a whole social media business plan, and they were shocked to see a lender stated that he worked for them. He had inappropriate photos, and it was linked everywhere to their company. Um, now, there's definitely, you know, some, some guidelines out there saying you don't have to go out there and start monitoring unless you are the one initiating social media. 
But, you know, social media is very attractive and it is a hot item out there because a lot of people are out there. And there's guidelines just like there is if you were to do, you know, traditional print or TV or radio advertising. Um, There's definitely some guidelines out there. Fascinating what they're – so let's get into that picture posting thing. Like one person just texted me, says, come on, Lincoln, give me the site. I want to go there. I want to look. And I go, yeah, okay. (laughs) That really is the issue. I think what it is is it's not – what we're not saying is you can't post those pictures of yourself having fun. And, you know, we've all been out there and have had our moments of, uh, you know, just having fun. And then there's moments of indiscretion. But it's when those get transparently shared on Facebook. So, Jessica, let's talk, for example, when someone is out there having fun with joining their friends, doing whatever they're doing in whichever, you know, environment they're at. And there are some rules in how you can post some things. So give our listeners some tips on this and uh if you could, so there's a way to post that you could be friends only uh, or just uh, a family only, uh, very close. You can start narrowing down who sees what, right? Absolutely, and a lot of people are not aware of that. When you go to post a comment or a photo, you can be very restrictive on who sees that. I mean, you can even be so restrictive. One day I did a post that I only wanted one of my friends out of over 1,500 to see, and he's the only one that got to see it. So we definitely go in and educate companies about that. And and feel free to refer people on over to my blog because there is information that links Mm -hmm. to an article um, from the FFIEC in regards to employees and social media. And and it brings out, you know, social media. What fascinated me is even social games, you know, Farmville, Cityville. I don't play any of those games. um, But they're actually including that even within their social media guidelines. That is really an interesting article that you did put up there. So uh, it's all the unattended consequences that are there. I know that any TV and print advertising has guidelines, so there is really no difference between the two, and they need to look at that. I think people do see the two, the social media and the print and advertising, as something different. So let's talk more about the topic of employees and what they're doing on social media and what's prudent, and how would you – how, if you got engaged by a financial institution, how would you come in and start working with them? Well, it really depends on their needs. Typically, we're hired for consulting or we're hired to create a social media business plan. And then some of the larger corporations, I definitely come in and meet with their marketing director and their HR and their legal department. And, you know, I can give advice and then they have to create what's best for them. And, you know, there is that fine line. They can't really sit there and tell employees what they can and can't do in life, but any time it comes to directly linking to um, employment, you know, they might want to have some guidelines in regards to that. I mean, a lot of companies right now just think of creating guidelines on if our employees should be utilizing social media, such as Facebook, while we're paying them, but it really goes much further and beyond that. And what else fascinates me is how often people are posting, what bank should I go to, what lender should I go to, and and it's all about building up these business relationships, and, and people should be looking at all the positive and greatness that, that's out there, these in there, too. And as you mentioned, my blog goes into a link with more details in regards to that as well. Well, let's get into it. We've already teased up, got people wanting to go to the blog. So what is the address of the blog, <laughs> the web address? So let's make sure we get that out there. for We'll get that out there again, everybody. So what what okay. is that, Jessica? Um, you can just go to my website, CustomerWowProject.com, and it's the first article right there on my blog. It's financial institutions and social media. Um, so it gets more into the, you know, probably guidance, legal concerns, um, issues. And I love to talk about the fun facts. I don't know if you want to get into that, but I always yeah, love, I'd to love the fun that. facts. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, so, you know, a lot of people are probably already aware that there's over a billion users on Facebook, and actually some stats just came out, and it doesn't really surprise me that majority of social media channels, people spend on average one to two minutes a day, but on average, Facebook has an hour. And I remember the good old wow. days when Facebook first came out. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I remember the good old days going to, you know, other real estate professionals saying, oh, wow, you got to check out Facebook, and they thought, oh, what is that, and they just ignored me, and now they're all addicted. But um, I first saw the value of communities and building those business relationships. And, you know, there's lots of statistics out there, but 97% of consumers search for local businesses online. I mean, think about it. Yeah. When's the last time you researched a company? I mean, you probably Con- do All the time. Research. All the time. <laughs> I know. It's constant. We all do. 
It's really, and it's it's fascinating. In fact, someone who was just tuning into the broadcast sent me a message on Facebook. I keep Facebook up and running. And the message aspects of it, it is really a powerful, effective way in which people can connect with people and stay engaged. And you are amazing. In fact, I'm on your on your page right now, and it's really engaging. Talk a little bit about, we, we've already gotten into the risks of it. There's There are definite do's and don'ts, and people are, can get a hold of you to learn those do's and don'ts. So, But let's talk about the engagingness. A number of people have retained you just because of how engaging you are. So talk about that, how this can be, and it, and it is, it's important to put if it'd be personal, but what are the, it's finding those boundaries. And so talk to us about that. Give us tips for our listeners on how to be more engaging. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Well, that's, that's actually covered in my book and in my coaching program. We have a whole checklist and system because that's actually a really common concern of companies. They come to us and say, we don't know what to say. We don't know how to be engaging. Probably I have two tips. So um, one is imagine if someone's in front of you. Are right. you being engaging? I mean, I mean, you know, I had a company who won a big award, and I've actually had several, and they shout out, we won this big award. Well, so what? I mean, are you saying thank you? Are you saying what's great about your week? Are you, are you saying, you know, are you keeping it engaging, conversational? Right. Um, and, and we definitely go over, there's four foundational steps to get started on Facebook or to double-check your current Facebook plan of action. It's kind of like building a house. You don't just hop into it. It's amazing, again, how people say, next thing you know, three or four hours go by and I'm on Facebook, and I don't know what I did that whole time. Um, so we definitely have systems and strategies as far as those four steps, um, as far as the social media and Facebook. Those are four foundational steps that are just so fascinating, and folks, you've got to get this stuff. But Jessica, you know, when, when you first start talking, Jessica, she is so humble. She does not really bring up some of the stuff she does. It is really a, it's something that I'm coming to value more and more. It's so easy to get lost in the time, and you go like, this is a waste of time. This is not working. It's not doing. Well, there is a way to employ it in a way that it will work, and it can be employed as a time waster. Let's talk about those things. So when you sit down at Facebook and you start posting away, what are some tips that you use so it is effective in using, and what do you avoid? So tell us what you avoid to make it a, not a time waster, but uh, what you some of those areas, if you could. Hope that makes sense. Well, first, yeah, I think I understand what you're saying. So first of all, you have to have a plan of action. What is your purpose? What's your goal? What's your plan with Facebook? And then once you have a clear vision and idea what that is, then you can come in with more of a strategy. And then it's really important, the second um, step is to analyze your reputation. What can be done to improve? How do you look to people out there? Um, and, you know, it can be scary sometimes to find what may be out there, you know, for some banks, but it's time to go out there and show how awesome you are. I mean, truly, most people who work for a bank usually believe in their bank, and is it really conveying how great and wonderful yes. they are? And, and that's part of the third aspect. You know, have engaging content. Show that you care for your community, you care for your employees, and, and you're all about culture. Um, you know, we had a client who had a big client appreciation with over, I think, 300 people, and they took photos. And, and here's something important. They had a disclosure we created with their compliance that, you know, people had to sign uh, giving permission for the photo to be out there on social media, but really showing the culture. And what was so exciting is for years they tried to win the award for best um, investment firm. And shortly after creating the whole social media plan, starting to go in there with action, they won that award. So they were, they wow. were very ecstatic. Yeah, they were very ecstatic, very excited. So they said that they know social media um, was the main key part in that. And then fourth, you know, have efficient ads that comply with rules and regulations. Be familiar with them. Um, you know, have either someone come in and consult for your company and work together because it's fascinating how many companies say we have a social media expert. They really don't know what they're doing. Um, you know, can you come in and train or coach them? And we do that, and we all work together as a team. And it's it's really exciting. Well, it's working, and more and more people are going online. It's absolutely essential that people have a strategy and a plan. And I just can't encourage you enough, folks and listeners, to go check out www.customerwowproject.com. Customerwowproject.com. It's a great article. And then also, if before it runs crazy out, um, make sure you go out and and be friends with uh, Jessica online. Uh, get to know her online through her Facebook page, Jessica Peterson. It's really a great example. I use her as a model for many of the things. 
Jessica, so much to talk about, so little time. Is there any other way that you would prefer people to get a hold of you? Is that the best way, is through social media, through your Facebook? Absolutely, and thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Folks, it's good to be with you each and every week. Next week we have Mike Fratantoni, who's the chief economist for the NBA, will be giving us some of his thoughts. Joe's not going to be with us, so we're going to turn to Mike Fratantoni. Hard to replace Joe, you know what I mean, when you have him on here broadcast every time. But if we have to go do somebody, we're going to have Mike Fratantoni, the head of the economy, uh, head of chief economist for the NBA on. So tune in next week. Joe, Alice, thank you so much. Alice, have a wonderful uh, rest of the conference up there. And, Joe, look forward to uh, seeing you back here in two weeks. Appreciate you all. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks, Dave. You bet. bet. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Appreciate it. Thank you. This has been Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin, of Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. Today's guests were Joe Farr from MBS Line, Andy Shell of Mortgage Banking Solutions, and Alice Elvey, President CMB of Mortgage U. Come by next week, and thank you for listening. 